Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. Crossover NBA podcast, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. What's happening, Beck? Good morning on a Tuesday morning here in the NBA season. Uh, good morning. It's an awfully early morning for you, so thank you for getting up at the crack of dawn in whichever time zone you happen to be in. That's several hours behind mine. Well, you know, I'm, I'm here for you, Howard. That's that's. <laughs> it's the dedication. That's, it's the dedication it to, to the podcast, to the craft. The craft is always what's been important to you, I know. It is, and I'm on the West Coast. The Brooklyn Nets, your Brooklyn Nets, are on the West Coast as well. So uh, why don't we start? Me. Well, I will say Adam for you. <laughs> why don't we start then uh, with the Nets, who are now four and two since the suspension of Kyrie Irving, which will continue into a seventh game of the Nets play in Sacramento on Tuesday. Brooklyn Howard has had a top five defense during this stretch, while Kevin Durant has gone back to looking like Kevin Durant. Uh, among the wins was a solid road win against the Clippers. Uh, they're going to close up this road trip against Sacramento tonight, as I said. Uh, let's start here. This this 4-2 and two stretch that they're on, do you look at the way they're playing as being in any way sustainable? Well, listen, what we know is sustainable in general is that if you build an offense around Kevin Durant and a, and a lot of Kevin Durant... Um, Kevin Durant is still an elite player when healthy. Uh, that's been an issue at times the last couple of years, ever since the Achilles. So in a short span of six games, riding a lot of Kevin Durant and then having that open things up for everybody around him. And oh, by the way, along the way, Joe Harris and Seth Curry have been back in the mix. You know, not every game, but you got two of the elite shooters in the league back and you've got one of the great individual offensive engines of this era. Yeah, like... That is sustainable for for stretches. 
at this stage of, of Kevin Durant's career, like if, you know, we'll get to Kyrie, but if Kyrie never played another game for the Nets and you were saying, well, we'll just, we'll just do this the rest of the season. Is that sustainable? No, I'm going to say no, because Kevin Durant has played about two thirds of, of his games over the last couple of years, ever since coming back from the Achilles. And that's what you should expect from a, a, a mid thirties post Achilles surgery player, even at his level, he's not going to be able to do it every night. So you're going to burn him out eventually. And the scrambling, uh, hustling style of defense that they're playing, you know, a lot people are making a lot of, out of, of how much the defense has improved without Kyrie. Not coincidental, not entirely on Kyrie, but also not coincidental. Um, and again, like you can do that for a while. I don't know how, how long you can do that. Also, not for nothing. And I know some of these teams are actually do have winning records, but like in that four and six stretch or four and two stretch over six games without Kyrie, they beat the Wizards, who I, I think they've got a winning record, but, you know, whatever. They're the Wizards. Like, they're not that great. They beat Charlotte. Hey, the, the white-hot the white hot Washington Wizards right now. What are you talking whatever. about? Four in a row. They beat minus the Wizards. Bradley Beal. <laughs> they I, beat the Hornets. They beat the Knicks. They beat a Clippers team that's all messed up and still doesn't have Kawhi. Like, uh, I don't want to get carried away with this. Stat Muse is having a field day with daily updates on you know, with Kyrie, without Kyrie. And now, you know, people are you know, pushing back and saying, oh, well, it's Jacques Vaughn taking over for Steve Nash. Like, all right, like with everything else, I just want to say this real quick. Like with everything else, it's a lot of things. It's not just that Kyrie's not there, but Kyrie is a defensive liability. Kyrie does dominate the ball and they do. And, and, and Kyrie has also been a distraction and, you know, was not all playing all that well. So um, it's, it's, it's partially about, Ky- look, you don't go from, Literally 30th in the NBA in defensive efficiency, 30th to first in defensive efficiency with a, a net difference of about like 20 points per 100 possessions. That's not because Jacques Vaughn has come up with the world's greatest defensive schemes suddenly. It, and, and by the way, this happens all the time with coaching changes too. Like whether, whatever you think of Steve Nash, you fire a coach, the next guy comes in, a team usually has a little honeymoon period. They surge, they, everybody gets focused. It, it, it brings focus when a, a coach gets fired. Um, it's a lot of things. Maybe it's even a little bit of Jacques Vaughn, but like defense is mostly about personnel and not about coaches, by the way. We'll get to that more when we start talking about the Knicks in a little bit. So it, it, it's not Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn did not transform this team overnight. Kyrie Irving's absence is a major difference, but also Joe Harris and Seth Curry playing is a major difference. Um, you know, the, the I don't want to say the opponents are a major difference because they were losing to crap teams before. Before and now they're now they're beating at least some bad teams. Yeah, it, it it's not sustainable. I'm just gonna go out there no, and say it just it's bluntly, it's not sustainable. Uh, you made the point about the opponents. Uh, Clippers, I thought was a pretty solid win on sure. the road, but some of the other wins, you know, you play who's in front of you on the schedule. Like yeah. that's you don't get to pick and choose. But I I think that has something to do with it. It feels like. They've caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle here. They got what often happens is a bounce after a coaching change. And sometimes front offices will make a coaching change when they see a soft part in the schedule coming up because they want to gain some momentum off that coaching change. I think they got a little bit of that. I think the temporary removal of Kyrie Irving gave them a little bit of a bounce as well. You mentioned Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Joe Harris not shooting the ball as well as we're accustomed, but Seth Curry shooting better than 40% from three right now in the the brief time he's played. Kevin Durant loves playing with Seth Curry, so I uh, guess he loves playing with a Curry. You know, has success playing with a Curry. Uh, so, <laughs> he should have stayed with the last one. <laughs> yeah, probably. But the um, I think that's what is mostly happening here with Brooklyn. The question becomes... When, and I guess, will Kyrie Irving be back into this mix? Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, he told the New York Post this week that Kyrie still has some work to do before he can return. The Nets, or the Kings game, will be game seven, Howard, of this suspension. Do you see an end in sight here? Um, What do we think about expectations for when or if Kyrie Irving will be back? It's really hard to know. It's it's really hard to know. I mean, I think the only people who know that for sure are, you know, Joe Sy, Sean Marks, and Kyrie Irving, um, and maybe Kyrie's circle of, of advisors. Um, you know, Kyrie, we haven't heard from him in a while, other than uh, another one of, of his, you know, happy talk tweets um, on uh, on Sunday, where he tweeted, and this was on day, what was it? That was, the, I think that was the 
That was the day he could have come back. That was after five games had gone by. So on the day that he theoretically could have come back from the initial suspension, which remember was five games minimum, five games, and then we'll see if you've fulfilled these things we're asking you to do. On, so on Sunday, he, he says on Twitter, I was not put here on earth to participate in any religious slash political wars or incite racial disharmony slash prejudice within communities. We are all equal under the sun, and I am here to participate in the building of an equal world and follow the world from the most high. Uh, so I don't know what that meant or what the in- intention of that was other than to once again proclaim I'm a great guy and I, I love everybody and, you know, we are the world again. Um that's not what the Nets are waiting for. They're not waiting for a happy talk tweet from Kyrie Irving. They're waiting for, you know, some combination of uh, sincere contrition and and an, and, an, and an acknowledgement of what was contained in that film and a disavowal of what was contained in that film. And if they have not reinstated him, I would say probably they have not gotten all that from him yet. Now, I know there's been pushback and people saying that they're making him jump through all these hoops and it's unfair. And it's I, I think people are underestimating just how serious posting that thing was all that said listen i don't howard let me let me let me just jump in on that note there yeah i don't underestimate how serious it was and you had a terrific friday episode with dan grunfeld where you addressed a lot of these points i encourage people to go and listen to that um i do think we are entering the extreme range of this because kyrie is no longer being defiant that's not me you know, kind of putting that out there, that's Joe Sy remarking publicly on his uh his his talks with Kyrie Irving. That's the head of the Anti Defamation League putting out a positive tweet recently about uh Kyrie Irving. Um uh, Kyrie's own words on social media. He is transitioned from being defiant to contrite and at some point as we get into game seven, eight, nine potentially of this suspension, we have to start wondering when it becomes punitive. That that's not to say that that's not to discount what Kyrie said and the impact it had. He deserved to be punished and I think he's being punished. And I think at some point you do have to ask when is enough enough. And we are kind of getting to to that point, at least with the players union. You see Jalen Brown who has been Probably the the voice of the players at this point. And I should say this: not a lot of love lost over the years between Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving. Like, the, the, you know, when when things went sour in Boston from a basketball perspective, that those two were not uh, on the same page. Uh, Jalen Brown said after the Celtics game on Monday, when he was asked about the Nets' process with Kyrie Irving and how fair it was, he said, "Quote: I think you are asking for a need to satisfy the common public." And I'm not sure if that is something that Kyrie is looking to do. I don't think he meant any harm by posting what he did. But the comment that Josiah made, which you just referenced, which I feel like bothered a lot of our people, was like, he has more work to do. Like, what does that mean? Our society has work to do, including Josiah. So I'm curious to know what that is and what that means. And everybody is tuned in. So I think Jalen Brown represents the voice of the union right now and kind of their position on all this. JB is a, a vice president with the, within the Players Union. Um, so I, I think that he is speaking for kind of the way that the tide is changing at this point. We've seen Kyrie Irving get punished. At some point, Howard, there needs to be an end to this punishment, right? Like at some point, he has to be allowed, if he's contrite, which it seems like he's being, at some point, he's going to have to be allowed back into the game, whether it's you know, with the Nets, or if they decide, look, we're better off without him. So a couple of things I want to just throw out at the start of this before I jump into where we are within the suspension. I never advocated for a suspension personally. Um, I don't advocate for suspension being continued now. I, I, I'm not in the, in the business of advocating for disciplinary measures for NBA players, coaches, anybody else. I, I If he's back tomorrow, if he were back two days ago, it's fine. Like I have obviously some strong feelings about what he did, what happened. I've written about it. I've podcasted about it. Um, whatever the Nets decide, whenever he's back, it's fine as far as I'm concerned. Um, so this is not about what I think is appropriate discipline myself. It's not up to me. It's about to the NBA. Adam Silver said last week at a sports business journal convention or, or panel discussion, Adam Silver said he met with Kyrie. He doesn't believe Kyrie's anti-Semitic. Uh, if that's coming from the commissioner, who of course also is Jewish, Again, 
Fine. If Kyrie's back tomorrow, fine. But here's what I'll say about, in response to what Jalen Brown has said, in response to what some others have said about this. The Nets put down these requirements, which were reported out by The Athletic and others. Um, and it's 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 six requirements. And people have, have described this as some onerous thing. This like All this series of hoops he's got to jump through. And how unfair is this? Why are you putting him through all this stuff? Remember that what he posted, the film he posted, was at its core... Uh, anti-Semitic propaganda. It was hateful. It was damaging. It, it's it's the kind of stuff that is fueling anti-Semitic actions ac- across the country. Not the film specifically, right? I'm not saying Kyrie posted that and then things happened. Things are happening, though. There have been plenty of reports out there. I covered this on last week's podcast. So you don't just say you're sorry and, and, and move on. They're, like That they want him to acknowledge the gravity of it makes sense, I think. Um... When he finally took to Instagram after he was suspended, I don't know how sincere you could take that apology. And of course, it's an Instagram post. It, it's it like that's is that the same thing as actually holding yourself accountable, sitting down in front of whether it's the Nets or sitting in front of the media and describing here's what I here's like he's never actually explained why he posted it, which parts he agrees and disagrees with, because he still kind of makes it sound like well, there's some it's a mix of stuff, and I don't agree with all of it. <sighs> That's problematic if you've seen and heard things that were in this film. So real quick, the six things they asked him to do, issue an apology. He kind of did in the Instagram thing. I would say if you, people, I have the beholder as to how sincere or or heartfelt um, or substantive that was, but issue an apology and condemn the harmful and false content. He has not condemned the harmful and false content. He has said he doesn't agree with everything. He didn't condemn. I, I, I don't think that that's, an unreasonable thing to ask of him. Complete the anti-hate. There is uh, verbiage on here is messed up on what I'm reading, but it was complete some anti-hate uh, uh, actions that that he had agreed to with the Nets and the Anti-Defamation League and all that stuff. Complete sensitivity training, whatever. Like every time somebody, every infraction of the last thirty years that involves, uh, you know, these kinds of issues, you do sensitivity training. That's again, like it's it's probably one of those like fifteen minute modules that you do online, like you and I have to do, Chris. Like HR sometimes says, <laughs> "All right, it's your annual like go, you know click through these things." It, I think that not again, not onerous, not that big of a deal. Everybody in every workplace does some something like that. Complete anti-Semitic, anti-hate training designed by the Nets. Again, these are probably just online courses. Um, meet with representatives from the, the Anti-Defamation League and Jewish leaders in, in, in Brooklyn. And then after all that, uh, meet with Joe Sion and, and franchise officials to talk about lessons learned and gravity of harm. Which part of this is so unreasonable? Like, they're not asking him to, you know... Uh, run cross country uh you know uh, you know coast to coast uh raising funds for like i don't know like there's nothing unreasonable or onerous in this these are the kinds of things that you, you normally do when somebody has engaged in in some kind of hateful speech now again i know he didn't say anything he tweeted the thing some people think that that's no big deal and then he deleted it three days later the two times that he addressed it publicly he was defiant and didn't acknowledge anything about the harm of it and didn't disavow any of it. So those are still kind of outstanding issues that I think need to be addressed. So again, if they say it's that they're done and it's, it's fine, he's done and he's back tomorrow, fine. If it was yesterday, fine. I don't care. But let's not pretend that these were unreasonable uh, requirements. And if he's not back, it means he hasn't completed them, Chris. And I think at that point, you start to wonder, well, why is he, why is he not completing them? Is he dragging his feet? Does he not want to disavow does he not want to apologize he's uh, once again Kyrie is leaving things open to interpretation by not addressing all this and by not having uh, completed these things and I don't know what to make of that yeah so uh, I misspoke of this road trip ending in Sacramento it ends on Thursday in Portland and after that the Nets are home on Sunday against Memphis that's kind of the date Howard that I'm circling where if he's not back on Sunday against the Grizzlies, after that, the Nets go on a three-game road trip, then I'll start to wonder exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Is Kyrie balking, as you said, about maybe doing some of the things he's being asked to do? Or are the Nets kind of being a little too punitive here on all this? I think there's there's room for both, uh, both well, arguments right, but at this point. Were any of those requirements they laid out unreasonable 
And if and if they haven't reinstated him, doesn't it suggest that he hasn't completed them? Like, I mean, now, listen, if there's some other thing that's going on here where it's just like, no, we really just don't want him back and we're just using this as a pretense. You know, look, I, I'll accept any possible speculation, too. But on yeah. his face, it's I wonder that. the requirements. I wonder a little and he bit hasn't that. done it. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Look, I, I, we don't we don't like all we've heard at least publicly, is the positive things that Kyrie's doing. Not from Team Kyrie, but from Joe Sy, from Adam Silver, from Sean Marks. Like, there's, he's doing, he's at least doing some of the things he's being asked to do. If he's not doing all the things, that's a separate conversation. But I'll be interested to see the next couple of days when the Nets go home, exactly how this Kyrie Irving stuff plays out. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, let's talk about the Celtics, who are rolling right now. Seven straight wins after beating Oklahoma City. Uh, on Monday, they sit alone atop the Eastern Conference. They have the NBA's best offense, Howard, by a lot at this point. Jason Tatum's averaging better than 30 points per game. Jalen Brown is playing like an all-star. Marcus Smart, as I always said about Marcus Smart, continues to grow into this lead playmaker role. And the Celtics, they still don't have Robert Williams back, who will shore up what has been a surprisingly leaky defense when he returns sometime in the next couple of months. Howard, what do you make of the way the Celtics are playing right now. 
Well, no, and you you uh, left out one piece here too. Like Malcolm Brogdon, their great offseason pickup has missed a bunch of games due to injury, and yet they're still rolling too. So and he has not he has not it, played all that well either. Brogdon has had he's had some moments, but there have been some yeah. some lineups there where he's been a little bit shaky. So they've they've been absolutely dominant, absolutely fantastic. Despite you know those are two key rotation players, right? Like if they're going to make a championship run in the spring, um, it's going to be probably with Brogdon and Robert Williams III in there. Those are two really important players. That's, you know, a a starter in your sixth man, probably. Um, That they have been this great. This So a lot of different things here. Um, One is that when you've got young stars like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you just want to keep seeing, you know, whether it's incremental or leaps. At this stage of their career, it's going to be probably a little more incremental because they're both established stars at this stage. But they are both still showing evolution in their games. And, uh, and and Tatum in particular, um, look, I think he was your preseason MVP pick, right? Like he is absolutely on track to be in that mix, that conversation from now uh, all the way through the time that we were getting our ballots in April. Like there's no question he is um, firmly in that echelon of the NBA now and probably there for a good long time to come. And Jalen Brown is, is going to make it very hard to leave him off of uh, the all-star team. Um and and Marcus Smart again. Look, you know, you you called it. I mean, I, I I as you know was have been skeptical and thought Malcolm Brogdon coming in was a good thing in part because I thought they needed a more sure-handed ball handler and playmaker type. Marcus Smart had just keeps keeps continuing to evolve in the role. Um, and then there's this. Like this team is pretty much the same, right? Um, the the Warriors win the championship and they let a bunch of veterans go because they want they're 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 that confident in their youth and and now the Warriors are struggling. They're struggling with a couple of different things, but they changed a little bit of who they were in terms of the the the, the back end of their rotation. The Celtics are largely the group that was in the finals, lost the finals, is motivated by that, as you wrote in your great cover story for our preview issue. The Celtics have all that cohesion and continuity from last season, and they're just picking up where they left off. They're a really strong young team on the rise and they they were ready on day one to come out and keep just smacking teams around and show like we we are on a mission um and uh, you know that that's what i'm seeing yeah i say the marcus smart stuff a little bit tongue-in-cheek because you know the start of last year i was you know pillorying the celtics for not you know going out and getting lonzo ball to play point guard two months later marcus smart is established and took him to the finals. And look, I, I was on board this offseason saying Marcus Smart should not be replaced as the point guard. Uh, and he's proving uh, people wrong and me right in that uh, particular situation. Look, the Celtics, they play a lot like they did last season. They are a little more aggressive when it comes to three-point shooting. I think Joe Mazzulla's line was, I like math, when he when he was asked about uh, the number of threes the Celtics are taking. And three's better than two. So uh, the Celtics are, are playing well in that respect. Look, this, a lot of this early start, some of the improvements we've seen is, again, the case of Brad Stevens and the Celtics front office knowing what it's talking about. I mean, at the very end of last year's finals, uh, when right after game six, when I was writing a column about what the Celtics are going to do next, I had someone from the organization call me that night, and we were talking about improvements that the Celtics were going to look to make, and they said to me, I'm telling you, Sam Hauser is going to be our free agent pickup this summer. This is before the Brogdon pickup. But they they told me then, this person told me then, that Sam Hauser was going to be the guy. And here we are, Howard, in mid-November, and Sam Hauser is shooting about 45% from three-point range. Like, he has been bombing from three-point range. He's still not the level of defender they need for him to be as big a factor as he could be in the playoffs, but he has been a variable. I was one of the people on this podcast and elsewhere that was jumping up and down and saying, go sign Dwight Howard, go sign DeMarcus Cousins, get another big in there while Robert Williams is out. Well, Luke Cornett has been pretty good for this team so far. I mean, aside from those weird, you've seen those videos where he's contesting three-point shots in the paint. I don't really know what the (laughs) point of that is, but... I guess if you're I taking the three point, I I never seen that before. I guess if you're taking, I never seen. Didn't he explain like somebody had told him like there's an actual there's a there's a, some science to this. It's like it's a, it's a visual. I'm sure thing. there is. <laughs> I I'm sure I'm sure there is a science to it. But Luke Cornett has been pretty good. He's been pretty good the last few weeks. If yeah. I'm concerned about anything at this point, Howard, is that the Celtics 
starters are being stretched out a lot of minutes right now. If you look at some of the minutes the Celtics are playing this year, you got Tatum at about 38 minutes per game, Jalen Brown about 37, Al Horford, who's 36 years old, is averaging nearly 32 minutes per game. They're giving him some breaks in some of these games, as they should, but he's at 32 minutes, which is more than he played last season. I get a little bit worried in November when I see those minutes numbers. And I know you can say that Tatum is young, Brown is young. You give Horford enough days off, he'll be fine. But I'd like to see them stretch the bench out a little bit. Maybe they will once Robert Williams comes back and that adds another 30-plus minute per guy into their rotation. But that's really the only concern. I'm not... Look, the offense is not going to be number one the NBA all season, I don't think. But the defense is not going to be 24th. That I'm sure of when Robert Williams... Uh, comes back. They're going to get back to being a top 10 defensive team. And when they do, man, if they're like three offense and five defense, not a lot of teams going to be able to compete with that. And look, Tatum and Brown are young. They can handle the the, the heavy load. I mean, in this age, it's it's rare for guys to be averaging in the high 30s um, in minutes per game. Um, and maybe once Brogdon is playing again and Robert Williams, there's just like a, a, a domino effect through the rotation. But the fact is like, you know, Tatum and Brown are the offensive engine of this team. You know, Brogdon will will give you the occasional 18 or 20-point game. Smart might give you the occasional 18 or 20-point game. Where else are you really looking for for the scoring, though? And so, like, I, I do think it's just something – it would be too much to say it's a concern. But I would say that at this early stage of the season, that's something to keep an eye on, right? Like, are they going to be able to ratchet down Tatum and Brown's minutes uh, – as they get deeper into the schedule, as they get guys healthy, um, can the how well does the offense function if those guys are ratcheting down and you're having to up the usage of, of some of your other your other players who can't really create for themselves? Um, they've got a nice mix and they got they got plenty of shooting and they've got obviously a lot of guys who bust their asses on defense and so the defense will always be sustainable. Um, but yeah, I, I would you know keep an eye on on the minutes and the usage by their two stars. Shout out to Joe Missoula, by the way, for the job he's doing in Boston. While all the Ime Udoko stuff was going on with the Nets, um, Joe Missoula just kept winning with the Celtics. Like he, That could have been a distraction because the Celtics were commenting on it. You had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart being asked about you know, Ime Udoka getting back into the NBA. Joe Missoula kept his head and kept his, kept his team focused, and they kept winning. They've well, been going on this streak seven games while the Udoka stuff was playing out very publicly in Brooklyn. Remember where we were a month ago as we're heading into the season? We're like, man, how are the Celtics going to deal with this this cloud? You know, and Robert Williams III is out, and then they've got this Emi Udoka cloud, and a, and a rookie coach who's 34 who's never coached beyond Division Two, and and the same thing. We were looking at the Suns and going, oh, like the Sarver stuff, and they're all, they're for sale now, and DeAndre Ayton and everything else. The Suns are not like they're not dominant, but the Suns have been pretty good. The Celtics have been absolutely dominant. And who was the third team that was uh, all the uh, clouds over? Oh, yeah, that's right, the Nets. And they just brought in more clouds, um, although they're yeah. <laughs> they're kind of winning right now. But I do, like, a lot of credit to the Celtics and Suns, two teams that certainly coming into the season you thought might just, you know, have too much chaos around them, and they've been great. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. 
Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, speaking of chaos, let's talk about the Knicks. Knicks are 6-7 and seven right now. They gave up 145 points to Oklahoma City on Sunday. 145 points. I think that was possible outside of, like, NBA 2K. The Knicks scored um, 48 points in the first quarter, which was a record, a franchise record, and then lost the game. <laughs> lost. Lost. This is a Tom Thibodeau coach team giving up 145 points. Um, since the end of last season, they are 43-52. and 52. Uh, They're playing largely lifeless over the last week or so, uh, especially defensively. What do you make of what's going on in New York? Well, quick reality check to start this conversation. The Knicks won 37 games last season. And then in the offseason, they added Jalen Brunson. If they got to about 500 having added Jalen Brunson to a 37-win team, I'd say that's about right. I'd say it's about where I had them. Jalen Brunson's not an all-star, probably never be an all-star, but he's a really good player, and there's a lot of needs that he filled. And But you, add a thir- you take a 37-win team that doesn't really have a lot of... There's, the, there's really no star power, and then you add a, a solid but not star player. It's about where they should be. They're a game under 500 as you and I speak right now. This is, like, to me... Anybody who's freaking out about this, like I, I get it. The expectations are always higher in this season, and, and Knicks fans, are, you know, are, are forever hoping that somehow this team is better than the sum of its parts. But this was a profoundly average to slightly below average team that added a a a, a good solid player, but not a star. What else do you expect? This is this is who they are. Not not to get 145 points hung on you by Oklahoma City. That's that's. <laughs> it was I a ex- Sunday I noon expect. start. Those games are always weird. They're weird for the other team, though, especially coming into New York. Like, New York and Miami, the two places undefeated. Yeah. L.A., I guess, too. Well. Afternoon games. I they, they, It just, and you listen to some of the comments that Tom Thibodeau made after the game, and it doesn't sound like he has his finger on the pulse there about how to fix this and how to make this a little more cohesive. I get your point, right? Like, the Knicks didn't go out and sign two MVP-level players. They signed a very good point guard in Jalen Brunson, who they paid a lot of money for, who we knew coming in was a defensive liability. Um, And this is kind of what you get. I just, I expected maybe a little bit more consistent. Maybe I was fooled a little bit by the late October surge they had. They were 3-1. and It was like, ah, they got a point guard. They put up a bunch of points. They got to win some games. They didn't beat anybody. I know. I mean, they were. Yeah. Th- that was that was the oh, thing, right? They they almost they beat, beat Memphis. Like, the Hornets that was, and the Pistons, the... and like they, it wasn't almost like beat they Memphis. Were, th- this was Bing Bong all over again. This was like uh, you know overreact to a few early season wins. Like, uh, come on, I miss like, Bing they... Bong. Bring back <laughs> Bing Bong. 
<laughs> it, it was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the alarming thing, I think, uh, is that this is a Tom, a Tom Thibodeau team that's ranked at the moment 24th in defensive efficiency. They were 11th last season. They were fourth his first season. Um, so it's been nothing but going in the wrong direction. But I would just say, for one, like they're missing Mitchell Robinson right now. That's at least a factor. Um, but I think this just underscores once more, folks. Still, this, they're still uh, playing Evan Fournier. Playing Evan Fournier some minutes still. That's yeah. not exactly sure what the strategy is there. Uh, but, you know, um, what do I know? They're still caught in between. This has been the case the whole time. You and I have discussed this ad nauseum over the last couple of years. Yeah, they're playing Evan Fournier a lot. Now, they've got young guys like Grimes and Quickly and whatever, but they don't, like, oh, we want to win, but we want to develop young guys, but we want to, uh, what are we doing? They're caught in the middle. They've been caught in the middle from the moment that Tibbs was hired. And, you know, they, they, they never really committed to one direction. That's been the issue. Um, also, like, they don't really have a star. So there's there's no margin for error here, right? You can go through some little mini slumps in a season. You can, you know, have a guy sputter here or there. But if you've got a star, like that's like the Nets, right? The Nets are a disaster on so many levels. You got Kevin freaking Durant. And some nights you could just say, you know what? Just just do everything you got to do. The, the Knicks have no margin for error because there's nobody that you just hand the ball to. Um, and by the way, back to the defense thing. Like I know Tom Thibodeau is a defensive-minded coach, and that's his rep. He had great defenses when he was the defensive coordinator for the Celtics, and he had great defenses for most of his years with the Bulls, but he did not have great defenses for most of his time in Minnesota, and he has not had great defense most of his time in New York. Why? Because there's no such thing as a defensive genius who just transforms your team into a defensive juggernaut. You need the right personnel. And th this is time and again, this has been shown. And like, I don't know what else they were expecting. If you don't have great defensive players, you're not going to have a great defense. There's only so much you can do with scheme and telling guys to hustle and having long practices. Okay. I just, just to put a button on this, my last point is that Evan Fournier, in a game where the Knicks scored 135 points, he had zero, zero in that 145, 135 loss. And he still played 20 minutes in that game. I don't understand that part of the Knicks rotation right now. I, I don't don't get it. Like, what is Evan Fournier doing out there for that many minutes? If he's not shooting the three ball well, what's he doing out there? That's a it doesn't make question a lot of sense. Right. Uh, one thing, last thing I want to hit you with. Um, last week, you alluded to a player that the Lakers uh, would like to acquire a big fish that they were hunting. I'm kind of paraphrasing you there a little bit. Um, it was later reported by Chris Haynes, uh, a Bleacher Report now, the, that uh, the Lakers covet one Bradley Beal in Washington. Was that the player, Howard, that you were referencing? I felt like a bunch of bells should go off when that happened. Like, ding, 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 ding. Like, yes. Um, yeah, I wasn't trying to be mysterious, and it was weird when the aggregators, like, went crazy over what I said last week. Um, I was leaving out Bradley Beal's name in order to not have the aggregators go crazy, but aggregators going to aggregate. Um, so, yeah. It was Bradley Beal. Um, and remember, our discussion was in the context of what can the Lakers do? What should the Lakers do? Westbrook plus the two picks. Is it time for the Pacers deal? Blah, blah, blah. And the thing that a, a uh, one specific exec had said to me was they're waiting. They're not going to do the Pacers deal right now. They weren't ruling it out entirely, which also got misinterpreted. They weren't ruling it out entirely. It wasn't saying that there was no possibility of a Kyrie trade. It was just like for right now, they're not going to do these other things because they're waiting. And the player that was mentioned to me was Bradley Beal. So here was the, here was the quote from the uh, Western Conference exec who I spoke to who had, who had mentioned this. Um, he says, Washington's the one that I keep thinking that's going to happen. If you're the Lakers, don't you think you can get Bradley Beal? He's got a no trade clause. He wants to come to California. That was an interesting tidbit of this. He essentially can pick where he wants to go because of the, the no trade clause. And the most the Lakers can really give is those two picks. Um, but if Washington... Uh, if he asks out, basically he's saying that Washington has to do that. Because if he asks out and says California or bust, the Wizards, because of the no trade clause, the Wizards do have to potentially take a lesser deal, right? Like if you just put Bradley Beal on the block right now, open to the entire league, you'd get better than Westbrook plus the two picks. I think you'd get a better offer. Although Bradley Beal's contract is massive. And maybe not. Maybe that, you know, maybe someone's saying that, hey, we're doing you a favor taking this huge uh, contract off your hands for a guy who can't carry your franchise. Um, is Westbrook in the two picks enough? Well, if Bradley Beal says, I only want to go to California or I only want to go to the Lakers because I have a no trade clause and I can steer this thing, 
So that's the logic that this Western Conference exec was laying out to me. And so he's saying, uh, he said this, whatever you want to say about Palinka, he's being smart. He's taking his time. That was the Western Conference executive wrapping up that, that thought. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I've got a thought here. Let me just chime in <laughs> on this one. All right. Um, if you can get Bradley Beal, 100%. Long-term contract guy that's, what, he late 20s, early 30s at this point. One of the best scorers in the NBA. Yeah. Like, you've, you, you go out there and you get them. That's the deal that you make. Um the idea that you can get Bradley Beal for Westbrook and two first, to me, that's kind of like I want a pony, but you're never going to get the pony because that's not doesn't make any sense right now for Washington. The pony just now, the said third, I hold only on, hold want on, the to, third, to be owned by on, Chris Mannix. I know. Uh, the, third, <laughs> the, third, the third part of this is why the hell would Bradley Beal right now want to go to Los Angeles? Like, why would he want to be a Laker? The Lakers right now, as we record this, are three and ten. They are closer to the Houston Rockets at two and twelve than they are the Oklahoma City Thunder at six and eight in the Western Conference. The Wizards, my Washington Wizards, are eight and six at the moment. They have won four in a row, albeit they've been doing it without uh, Bradley Beal in the lineup. I'm not saying the Wizards are a championship contender, but they might be closer to one than the Lakers are. <laughs> and if you're Bradley Beal, like you, if you're Bradley Beal, are you not looking at LA being like, all right? LeBron's 38 next month. Anthony Davis had a bad back after like the first game of the season. There's no talent on the roster. And if they acquire me, they're not going to have a first round pick they can move until the next decade. Like, what are we doing? Why would Bradley Beal all of a sudden wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm glad I got my contract with the Wizards. I'd like a trade. And I'd like a trade to the Los Angeles Lakers where when LeBron leaves in a year, I'm going to wind up in Wizards Westland with Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, and the whole Buss family trying to build a team around me. That makes zero sense. That The, the Washington Wizards well, would have to crater. They would have to crater for Bradley Beal to even want that scenario. And by the way, it, one other thing, if he did say, I want to trade, there's probably three or four more teams that he, he'd probably say Golden State, send me out to out there, which actually makes a little bit more sense for both teams right now, given the situations um, you know that they might be in uh, a month or so from now. So, I, I look, great. I, I You know what? I, I want to win Powerball. That, that, that's, to me, the equivalent of the Lakers I'm, holding out and coveting Bradley Beal. I covet, I covet a win in Powerball. That's what I covet. I'm sending you a pony and a Powerball ticket as soon as we get off the the, uh, the line here. Good, do um, it. <laughs> listen, I, fair points, but if if Bradley Beal cared about being in a winning organization so much, why is he stuck in Washington for all these? No, years? but there's a financial reason for that. Five <laughs> years, two hundred—that's a quarter of a billion I'm dollars. Just saying, guaranteed. If he were, if he really were, like, I can't take the losing anymore. I can't take me with a, 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 an organization that has no direction. He could have left Washington seventeen times by now. Um, so, all right, granted, fair point. The Lakers are further from title contention than the Wizards at the moment. It's all relative. But if your choice is between between playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis for all the warts on that roster. It's still LeBron and Anthony Davis versus, you know, Porzingis and Hachimura. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think Bradley Beal joining that team uh, does a lot for the Lakers, right? I, I And again, I don't know if the Wizards would do that, but, if, but given the no-trade clause... There might be that possibility. I like your, you know, you make the right point, right? If the idea is California as opposed to specifically the Lakers or specifically LA, the Warriors could come with the package that some of us thought they should have done a couple years ago, which is, you know, at the time it was their picks, but it's the young guys now. Can you can you can you do a, a Weissman Kuminga Moody plus picks or whatever, or whatever combination thereof? Maybe it's not all of them to get Bradley Beal. Is that a more attractive package? But again, if Beal says Lakers are bust and he has no trade clause. Well, then the Wizards either don't trade him at all or they trade him to the Lakers for Westbrook and the two picks. And by the way, those two picks are going to be phenomenal probably because it's 2027 and 2029 and you're going to get them. You're going to demand that they be unprotected. Uh, you know, there there are worse outcomes for the Wizards than that. By the way, I, I make jokes about Porzingis. Porzingis is, is, is playing really well yes. right now for them. He's part of yes. their success. He is. Only Lakers fans can wake up this morning thinking Bradley Beal is waking up three hours earlier on the East Coast and going, boy, I want to get there. Like, <laughs> I want to be part of that. <laughs> That's the only ones that could possibly Lakers mystique, that. man. Lakers exceptionalism. It knows no bounds. 
eight and six in Washington, three and ten in Los Angeles at the they moment. They wouldn't and be if they had Bradley Beal. All right. Well, if I had a pony, maybe I could enter it into Belmont. I don't know. All right, Howard. Good stuff. Uh, you will be back on Friday. Do we have uh, anyone locked in at the moment? Or are you going to keep us uh, waiting for details? Um, maybe I'll just leave it as a mystery person. Then the aggregators can speculate about who's going to be on the podcast on Friday. The way that they maybe it's about. maybe it's maybe it's the executive that told you that, that <laughs> the Lakers have a shot at Bradley Beal and Rob. Maybe Blank it's maybe it's Bradley Beal. Beal. Was it was your was was it Rob Polenka speaking in the third person? Was that who, who who gave you that information? I'm just curious. You can tell me that offline. Uh, definitely tell me that offline. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free 